My Texas Table presents the Healthy Brain Podcast. This is the show for people who want to improve their brain's stability, clarity, and longevity. Here's your host, certified health coach, Carrie Wainwright-Miller. Hey, my friends, I want to welcome you to the Healthy Brain Podcast, where we stand up and boldly speak the truth about what's healthy and right in this world, especially when it comes to your body and brain. I mean, all of you who've been following along here, you know that you won't find any sugarcoating in this space. I guarantee you that. Y'all, I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. Yep, we've got a full house. So y'all hang in here with me. Today, we've got an incredible dynamic duo who concentrates on a lifestyle medicine approach. They are a husband-wife team. He is a board-certified physician in diagnostic radiology and lifestyle medicine. A longtime practitioner of meditation and yoga, he adopted a plant-based lifestyle in 2013. Upon becoming aware of the research-proven health benefits and the evidence-based approach lifestyle medicine uses to treat and reverse chronic diseases, he became certified in this new and exciting specialty. His wife is a board-certified physician in internal medicine and lifestyle medicine. She graduated from UT and Southwest Medical School and completed her residency training at the Texas Medical Center. She's been practicing as an internist in the Houston area for over 20 years. They are the co-founders of Peaceful Planet Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, which fosters peace, health, and wellness in Houston and the surrounding communities. And together, they have co-created Lifestyle Docs, practice which focuses on eating the right types of food, being fit, reducing stress, and connecting more to achieve holistic wellness. It's such a privilege and honor to have Dr. Munish Chala and his lovely wife and co-owner of Lifestyle Docs, Dr. Bandana Chala. Did I say y'all's names correctly? It's good enough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How are y'all today? We're doing very well. Thank you, Carrie, for having us on uh, your podcast. Oh, you are so welcome. I can't wait to just dive right into the questions, if that's okay with y'all. Yeah, we're ready. We're excited to be here. Okay. Well, look, Lifestyle Docs is Houston's first holistic lifestyle medicine and primary care clinic. That's what you had mentioned on the, the, I believe, y'all's website, correct? That's correct. So what makes y'all distinct from other holistic clinics in Houston? So I think there are a few other practitioners who are board certified in lifestyle medicine, and there are probably many holistic practices. But we sort of bring the science and the holistic to a different level, so to speak. So lifestyle medicine, as you were reading, uh, it's an evidence-based field. So whatever the science says, that's what we believe in, that's what we practice, and that's what we preach. And in addition, lifestyle medicine doesn't just focus on nutrition, doesn't just focus on any one thing. It is a very holistic practice. But in reality, it's hard to put all that together. So in our clinic, we've tried to bring all of the holistic practices together. Mm. So whole food, plant-based nutrition, you know, encouraging folks to exercise, practice stress management skills, you know, using yoga, meditation, gardening. And we're really trying to build a community. It's not easy to make the healthy choice with the current environment. Yeah. 
And, yes. you know, you can't drive more than a mile and see uh, fast food restaurants. You go to get a gas change. There's candy machines there. Mm. So we're surrounded by, you know, processed foods, unhealthy foods, fast foods, wherever we are. So the healthy choice is the hard choice. So that's why we focus on, you know, giving your mind a healthy diet with, you know, meditation, exercise, gardening, whatever works for you, mm. and providing a community for our patients. So when they have a healthy community that they feel like they're a part of, then some of the environment, you know, things that are out there, it's mitigated a little bit. Right. And I'll let my wife add a little more. Um, Calorie-dense foods made us feel good. It gave us a dopamine release. But that was during times of scarcity. Mm. But now in times of abundance, the calorie-dense foods are still giving us that dopamine release, but they're all around. Yes. We're surrounded by poor nutrient foods that are high in calories. Most of us are overfed and undernourished because the foods we're eating are low in nutrient density, but very high in calorie density. Yes, yes, I totally agree. We want to empower you to take control of your own health and facilitate the change to a healthy and more vibrant you. I mean, my message has always been take control of your own health. In your own words, doctors, what exactly encompasses those compelling words? Yeah, thank you for asking that. And this is another thing that we love about lifestyle medicine. Sort of the typical, you know, doctor-patient relationship has been that doctor tells you do A, B, and C, and you as the patient say, okay, I'll try to do that to the best of my ability. But in lifestyle medicine, it's a co-partnership. It's something we work on together. Because to get real health, you need to change your diet and lifestyle. And that's not a prescription you can write on the pad, pick up at Walgreens. Mm -hmm. You need to do it yourself. You need to do the hard work. But you need the tools. You need a little bit of education, a little bit of coaching, a little guidance, a little encouragement. And that's how you empower people. Just show them that this is something that can be done. Several patients have done it in the past. And when you surround these people with community, other people are a little bit ahead of them. Some may be behind them. And when they have this lovely community, they feel empowered. They feel like they can do it also. Yeah, community is so important, right? I mean, I, I know that I try by myself, you know, without anybody's backing. I don't have the communities. You know, I'm kind of stuck out there in Fisher, Texas, <laughs> in the old country and and on some land. And, and just not a whole lot of people out there mm -hmm. that want to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Sorry, guys. It's Texas, so. <laughs> and you'll find that all over in the South, you know. I'm a lot older. You know, I grew up with the chicken fried steaks and mashed potatoes and bad butter, tub butter and all that. So, um, you know, but it, it comes to a point where, you know, we really need to focus and take control of our health. So, Dr. Chala Bandana. Uh, yeah, I yes. was just going to agree with you guys in the sense that Traditional medicine, which of course I'm very much a part of, I still write plenty of prescriptions, I now feel like has been more, there is a slide that I show in some of my presentations that I do on lifestyle medicine, where there's a faucet running, mm -hmm. and there are these doctors diligently mopping the floor, 
right? So that's what I feel like I had been doing. I had been teaching my patients how to diligently mop the floor and I was diligently mopping the floor, but we were not going to the root cause and just Mm -hmm. turning off the faucet. Um, So take diabetes, for example. Um, I would teach my patients to count their carbs. I would tell them to take their insulin on time, you know, look at what their sugars are and then figure out what insulin to take. And now I realize that was all really mopping the floor because Mm -hmm. we weren't getting to the root cause of diabetes. And now I educate them on how it's the saturated fat that actually causes muscle cells and other cells um, to not allow insulin to bring sugar from blood into the cells. Mm -hmm. And as we put people on low fat diet and that saturated fat is no longer in cells, insulin sensitivity really improves and insulin resistance really decreases. And we are actually able to help our patients reverse their own diabetes. So now I feel like I'm able to show them that this is the faucet. You yourself have the power to turn it off and then we can stop mopping the floor. Yeah, that's a great analogy. So Dr. Michael Greger's book, how not to die. He says that most doctors are good at treating acute illnesses, but bad at preventing chronic disease. How has the landscape changed over the years in holistic medicine? So slowly, slowly, there's more awareness that, you know, if you get into a car wreck and you have a broken bone, you need to be taken to the hospital. That's something you, you know, need an orthopedist to set your bone or whatever surgery is needed. So for acute care, you get a pneumonia, you know, you need antibiotics to take care of that. But when it comes to chronic diseases, whether it's diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, all of these things were caused by our diet and lifestyle. So just taking a pill, like you mentioned, it's a Band-Aid. And Band-Aid is even, you know, you use a Band-Aid when you get a bruise for a little while, but you don't leave the Band-Aid on for the rest of your life. Yeah. But when you're taking pills for diabetes or heart disease, the pill is really the Band-Aid, but you're you're keeping that Band-Aid on for the rest of your life. So in holistic care, in lifestyle medicine, we try to focus on, okay, maybe you needed prescriptions when you first got started, but that's a Band-Aid. That's a crutch. We want to get you off of that crutch as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And now we have such wonderful research which shows that all the diseases whether it's diabetes or heart disease or high blood pressure, even autoimmune diseases, they're caused by our diet and lifestyle. Absolutely. And if we Mm. can uh, change our diet and lifestyle to the healthier choice, then we can actually, we don't have to manage these diseases. We can prevent, treat, and actually even reverse these diseases. I mean, that just knowing that fact is so empowering for our patients they, they were told they have diabetes and they're going to be taking pills for the rest of their life or, you know, when those don't work, take insulin. And now we're telling someone that if you choose the healthier choice, you don't have to have this disease. You can take off that Band-Aid. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people are just unaware. Right. So, you know, one of chronic diseases, like you said, Western medicine is very good about treating acute diseases in terms of infectious diseases and trauma. But chronic diseases, we do try to manage it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're really not able to treat it. And we know that chronic diseases cause increase in all sorts of things, including dementia, right? So this yes. is a Healthy Brain podcast. And diabetes and high blood pressure, these things actually increase our risk for dementia. And now with the COVID-19 pandemic, right, we think that infectious disease causes of death are going to go up because of COVID-19. But when you really look at it, it's the chronic diseases that are still contributing to the death. Because what we see is that people who have chronic diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, asthma, heart disease, they are the ones having the poor outcomes. They are the ones who are having to be hospitalized or in ICU or having the deaths. Mm. So the data that came out of Italy in May, and we've seen similar data come out from other countries as well now, showed that 48-something percent of the people who died in Italy, in March actually, this was in March, had two or more chronic diseases. Yeah. 25-something percent had, no, had greater than three chronic diseases, and then about 25% had two chronic diseases, and about 24% had one chronic disease. And what surprised me is when I look at that graph, it was 0.8% that had no chronic diseases that died in March in Italy. So chronic diseases are still the underlying thing that we should be focusing on and improving our health. So we have better outcomes, whether it's preventing dementia or preventing poor outcomes with infectious disease caused like COVID-19. Yeah, and in the USA, do y'all know where we sit compared to all the other countries in terms of chronic disease? We are at the top of the heap. I mean, there are very, I couldn't tell you exactly, but we are certainly in the top five Mm. in terms of chronic diseases and number one in obesity. And so, and obesity itself is a disease. So all these diseases, as my wife was mentioning, they raise our risk for uh, having a poor outcome with all infections, not just COVID-19. Even vaccinations, which are so important, and we're learning now that if you have a lot of comorbidities, if you have these chronic diseases and your immune system is compromised, Mm -hmm. the, the body is not able to build the antibodies that the vaccine is designed for. Uh, So you're getting less protection even from the vaccine. So whether to get healthier, to not get COVID-19 in the first place, or to get healthier so the vaccine, hopefully eventually when it comes out, is actually going to be effective. Mm -hmm. But the critical part is your own immune system. And when you have these chronic diseases, you can't have a healthy immune system. Absolutely. So, you know, you guys are lifestyle medicine here at clinic. And can we talk a little bit about what that focuses on the six areas? I know, Dr. Chala, you spoke a little bit earlier about the, the areas, but we want to go a little bit more in depth. Sure. So lifestyle medicine actually came around in 2004 when CDC reported that over 80% of chronic diseases in the U.S. are due to diet and lifestyle. So hence, it makes sense to try to address diet and lifestyle to prevent, manage, and even reverse these diseases. After 2010, lifestyle medicine really started to take off in terms of interest amongst physicians like us. 2015 is when American Board of Lifestyle Medicine was organized. And 2017 is when the first board exam was given. And my husband and I took the board exam in 2018. So the pillars of lifestyle medicine are one, nutrition. 
so that's a big piece of the puzzle. And evidence right. shows that we should be eating a predominantly whole food plant-based diet. So really reducing our animal foods and processed foods and increasing our whole plant foods. A second one is exercise. That movement is so important. And we mm. can go into details about how we need to do at least 150 minutes a week if we're trying to maintain our health or our weight. Mm -hmm. And it depends on the age as well. Well, in general, if you're trying to lose weight mm -hmm. or reverse diseases, then you have to go up to 300 minutes a week or up to 420 minutes a week. So in most graphs, you'll see that after 420 minutes a week, which is an hour a day, things start to plateau off in terms of benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you are trying to get better in anything, then I would say at least 300 minutes a week. Okay. If you are happy with your health status, then to keep it that way, about 150 is minutes Is anyone healthy? Is anyone happy, rather, with their health status? <laughs> Completely 100%. Maybe you do. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, we all yeah. have issues. We all are trying and to, and we should yeah. be trying to make things better, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so mm -hmm. stress management, um, mm -hmm. that's another one in terms of really finding healthy tools to manage our stress because stress is out there and we're going to find some tools. Sometimes those tools end up being comfort foods or smoking and alcohol, but we really want to learn healthy tools so we don't have to turn to those unhealthy tools. Okay. So that's where, you know, mindfulness really comes in. Mm -hmm. Plenty of studies that show that being present in the present moment, whether it's through meditation or playing a musical instrument or for some of my patients working on their cars, any of those really reduce your stress hormones, not just during the activity, because if it was just 10 minutes of meditation and your stress hormones reduced during those 10 minutes, that wouldn't be that big a deal. But we see from studies that their stress hormones are reduced for several hours after that mm -hmm. mindfulness activity. Okay. And reducing those stress hormones is so important in terms of weight management and so many other health issues. Especially here in the big city. Yes. Gosh, it's <laughs> just fast pace, isn't it? Yes. And then you want to go over the last three pillars? As my wife mentioned, there are six pillars to lifestyle medicine. She covered, you know, the first three or the three that we usually talk about. First, the other important ones are sleep. Sleep is when we do our rest and repair. All the toxins, whether it's physical, mental, anything, all the damage we come across during the day, sleep is when we can detoxify. Sleep is when we can repair. So you cannot be holistically healthy unless you get a healthy sleep. And it's hard to get a good night's sleep unless you eat well, exercise, or have healthy ways to manage your stress. Right. So it all kind of fits together. And the other things, uh, other two ones are uh, tobacco and alcohol. And the media and the health authorities have done a wonderful job. No one advertises anymore that smoking cigarettes or vaping is good for you anymore. Right. They did about 50 years ago. Yes. And uh, alcohol, there is, you know, still a little bit of controversy in the maybe the layman's in the media. But when you look at all the research, you know, alcohol is something that's something directly toxic to our body. And it's toxic to our heart, toxic to our liver. And in this podcast, you're focusing on the brain. So no amount of alcohol is safe. So mm -hmm. if you want to decrease your risk of dementia, 
you need to take alcohol off the menu. And we can go into more detail if you know if you no, like. No, that's that's a big one, and a lot of people say, "But can I just have my glass of wine, or can I just have that like little bit of tequila, or you know?" Because most most of the listeners are thinking, "Can I just have a little bit of something?" Yeah. And you're saying... Woman, I'm going to add on, I did quite a bit of research this month because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month on risks for breast cancer. Yes, ma'am. And mm-hmm. alcohol kept coming up. So mm-hmm. for women, it's even more important to avoid alcohol because it's not, not the heavy drinkers. It's just the data showed that even just three drinks a week for women increases the risk for breast cancer. So... So for that reason as well, um, I know people talk about resveratrol and red wine and how that's good for you, and it is, but you can get resveratrol from red grapes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the wine gets it, right? You don't have to take the toxic effects of alcohol just to get the resveratrol. You've got to really look at food as a package in terms of, yeah, everything may have some benefits and some risks, but you really want to try to eat things that are mostly benefits. Yeah, maybe throw some of those grapes in water. Yeah. sparkling water (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Swish it around. Put a little umbrella in it. There you go. (laughs) Absolutely. And the last pillar of lifestyle medicine is community. And some of your listeners may be familiar with the Blue Zones. Mm -hmm. And I tell tell my... Dan Buettner's. Dan Buettner's Blue Mm -hmm. Zones. So I tell my patients, the people who are in the Blue Zones, they're not any smarter than us. They don't have better genes. They don't have better willpower. But their community is set, set up in such a way that the healthy choice is the easy choice. And in our current society where we can't drive a mile without seeing three fast food restaurants, the healthy choice is definitely not the easy choice. So that's why community is so important when you're trying to move to a healthier place. And that's why, you know, we love creating the space that we have where folks can come together and they can learn not just from us, but from other folks who are eating healthy, moving healthy, managing their stress healthy, are part of a healthy and vibrant community. Yeah, we're, we're so much stronger in a community. Mm-hmm. Speaking of community, I just mm-hmm. want to invite all your listeners to, you know, join us. Most of our events are completely free and now they are virtual. Mm-hmm. So first and third Saturday of the month, we have meditation at nine o'clock. You just go to our website, go to events. Um, and when you see meditation at nine o'clock on first or third Saturday, just click Google Meet and you'll join us. We do Walk with the Doc, second Saturday of the month. We do virtual potlogs, first Sunday of the month. And then we also have several free seminars, sometimes given by a registered dietitian, recently given by a cognitive behavior therapist. Really, we're trying to help people improve their emotional health, physical health. And so can you just talk a little bit about, I mean, you both, on the other hand, believe in the whole foods plant-based diet, especially when it comes to treating your patients. And in your research, what makes whole foods plant-based diet the best? The whole food plant-based diet, it sort of lets us eat what we were meant to eat. So nothing in biology makes sense unless you look at it through the lens of evolution. So when we were evolving on this planet, we had lots of greens, lots of berries, lots of fruit. On occasion, you know, we may get an animal product. On occasion, we may get nuts and seeds. But for the most, most of our human evolution, we were eating fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. So that's, what our, that's the fuel our d- body is designed to run on. 
And when you eat foods that are, you know, uh, a lot of animal products, especially in paleo and keto foods, our body is just not designed for that. I mean, in the blue zones, these folks are not vegan or vegetarian. But as it turns out, most of them eat 18 of their 21 meals in a week, 17 to 18 meals. They're all plant-based. So they do have occasional animal products, but they eat very little processed foods. So most of the foods they're eating are coming from the ground, coming from the garden. And also people say, okay, I'm eating potato chips. That's a plant. But it's a very processed plant. So we want folks to eat whole plant foods. Perfectly fine to eat a potato with the skin on. When you get the fiber, get the vitamins, get the minerals, it's a very healthy food. When you take off the skin, add lots of oil or salt, it becomes processed. We're taking away all the goodness that nature put in, and we're adding all these things that increase the calorie density that my wife mentioned Mm -hmm. and are taking away the nutrients, so making it nutrient-poor and calorie rich. And that's what processed foods are. You know, look at the food. Does it look like uh, how Natural. it was, look like, you know, when it was in the garden? Yes. So if you're eating something, it looks nothing like the potato that's in the garden or nothing like the corn on the cob, then it's not a natural food. It's a man-made food. It's a processed food. So a lot of folks, you know, who are trying to eat healthy are kind of moving in this direction. They hear a lot about the Mediterranean diet, and it's a wonderful diet. It's rich in fruits and vegetables. It's rich in whole grains, legumes, all these wonderful things. But sort of the American version of the Mediterranean diet, it's lots of wine, cheese, and a lot of fish and chicken, that sort of thing. Yum. It sounds good. It sounds very go good. <laughs> and it's definitely an improvement from the standard American diet, which is really heavy on processed foods and animal foods. But there was a really large study not done too long ago called the Predimed study, where they took a large, several thousand individuals, and they put them on the Mediterranean diet and really followed them. You know, how are they doing in terms of their disease risk in terms of heart disease, in terms of stroke, in terms of high blood pressure. And what they found that the Mediterranean diet really didn't improve outcomes for heart disease. It had a little bit of benefit for strokes. And then they looked at the data. They stratified these folks into five different groups. The group that was eating mostly fruits and vegetables and very little processed foods no che- almost no cheese and animal products, those, that group, the, uh, the two quartiles, I should say two quintiles, they showed a significant benefit in heart disease, significant benefit in stroke. Whereas if you look at the whole group altogether, there wasn't much benefit. But if you looked at the group which was focusing on whole plant foods, that part showed decrease in heart disease, decrease in high blood pressure, and a lot of decrease in stroke. So stroke is you know, another thing your folks uh, are really dialed oh, into yeah. this podcast. So if you wanna reduce your risk for all of these things, the healthier version of the Mediterranean diet, which means, again, goes back to whole plant foods. So if you skip the processed foods, skip the cheese, skip the animal products, you're gonna, and skip the oils, yeah, especially for weight loss, you're gonna then you get up with a healthier version of Mediterranean diet, and that looks pretty close to a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But what about all the bread? Everyone's probably thinking, what about the bread? So in the these the 
this was again bread is a processed food yes right when you have a wheat berry you eat you know if you minimally process it i mean if you eat you know cracked wheat or you know just take the wheat berries that's how it looks like in the garden but when you take that wheat berry and you grind it up into flour and especially when you're taking away the uh, the germ and the fiber that's on the surface then you're left with white flour mm. so even in bread there's some distinction so uh, bread is a processed food you can make it even more processed by taking away all the fiber taking away all the nutrients then you have white bread and white pasta in terms of yeah so you know regular bread that's on the shelf that doesn't go bad even mold doesn't want to get on it that can stay in your fridge for months and still not get mold they're so high in preservatives you know bread on the shelf that's the worst possible thing so we definitely don't recommend that the two breads that we will occasionally eat is one is Ezekiel bread which you mm-hmm. can get in the freezer area it's in the freezer because it doesn't have all the preservatives to be on the shelf and then also recently we do this whole grain sourdough bread because it's been fermented and a lot of the good bacteria eat up the sugar and stuff in the bread so okay. those are the only two that we will oh, and that too not a regular part of our diet but if we do eat bread that's the how about seed crackers yeah, so we do eat some Mary's Gone Crackers. Yes, <laughs> I love them. They're my favorite, yeah, but I try they, not to like snack on them too much. Too much, right. <laughs> um, so they actually do not have oil. And those are the only crackers that we can find without oil. Um, but even that, you know, anytime um, grains are processed like that, whether they're puffed or they are uh, flattened into crackers, they become very addicting. And it's very easy to overeat that and it is still processed than whole grains but still much less than other crackers yeah very few ingredients in those yes those seed yes. crackers so yeah that ezekiel bread by the way is not gluten-free right there is a gluten-free version for there the same is. company food for life i think they're called okay um so they do make one that's with quinoa brown rice and what's the third ingredient millet millet okay so they do have a gluten-free great ingredients version. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all on the yeah, and that, right. Those breads, all of the breads, you know, in that um, brand, Food for Life, they mm-hmm. don't make it into flour. So the glycemic index is much better. It's basically lentils and grains um, sprouted and then baked. Okay. So, well, Dr. Bandana Chala and Dr. Munish Chala, it's about that time we wrap up this interview. Thank y'all for being here today. But before we go, I'd love for you to give our listeners some encouragement as to where they might start this journey. Maybe a couple of key strategies to get their boute in gear. Sure. Thank you for having us, Carrie. And I wish your listeners all the best on their journey to health and wellness. Um, they have already started. If they're listening to your podcast they're already on the path. And some of the things that can help them stay on the path and progress on the path is like what we talked about earlier in terms of community. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that's even a little harder right now with the pandemic, but there are Facebook groups that are all about health. And, you know, like I said, they're welcome to join our free virtual events and continue to listen to these kind of podcasts because even though you may know some of this stuff already, just hearing it again, it really inspires us to move further and learn from people who are a little ahead of you and help teach the people who are a little bit behind you 
because all of that really helps us all progress further towards health and wellness. Yeah, that's awesome. Just community is so important. This is the tip I give a lot of my patients when they say, okay, doc, you know, I get the data. I know this is good for me. Where do I start? I said, okay, you don't, if you are having trouble, you know, making any big changes, just do one thing for me. For uh, lunch, just add a salad. You don't have to change anything else. Just add a salad and try that for a couple of weeks and see how that works out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they start adding the salad, then automatically the other foods decrease. So basically, we're trying to crowd in the healthier choices and crowd out the choices that are not so healthy. So just have a salad for lunch. lunch. That sounds great. So, well, great. Well, thank you all so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today. It's our Um, pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yes. And before we go, please share with our listeners where we can find you online. Y'all mentioned a little bit earlier and and maybe your social media platforms. Sure. So they can just uh, Google lifestyledocs.com and they'll find us. And we're also on Facebook, Lifestyle Docs, and also on Instagram, also Lifestyle Docs. So just put Lifestyle Docs in any social media platform. I shouldn't say any, but, you know, Facebook, (laughs) Instagram, and YouTube, and Google, and you'll find us. Wow, they're all over the place, y'all. Okay, well, thank you for joining us. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace personalized advice from your healthcare provider. If you have specific medical questions, please talk to a licensed medical professional.